understand. Today is what we would call Palm Sunday, right? But we're moving into a, um, a great, great week leading up to Easter. And uh, it's re- referred to as Passion Week. And so I want to I talk to us about that in, uh, in just a few moments. But um, just to take care of a, a little bit of business here. Um, man, Pastor David, I got an email from him uh, yesterday morning, and he, um, I'm, I'm telling you, that is one long trip to get to the Philippines. But he is there, and uh, the team is there from Christian Men's Network, and so they're doing um, ministry in the Philippines. We are launching a men's movement. I, I don't want to just say a um, it's not just a conference. They, yeah, they've got a family conference going, and there'll be some different different messages in that. But uh, the first the first uh, curriculum and and book on maximize manhood has been translated into their language, and uh, will um, this this time frame this week will be launched in the Philippines for a men's movement. I just, I believe that with all my heart, and it needs to become a men's movement. Listen, there's so many of the issues of today that we are facing, Um, and and you, and listen, you'll see, this church does not discriminate against women. I mean, come on. Amy up here ministering, wow, come on. Uh, We, we. We, we believe in that. And if you, if you have a problem with that, you need to come. And uh, I, I got a book for you to read. <laughs> I'm going to take you to the Bible and show you Scripture on Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, where, where some of God's greatest men were women. <laughs> Amen? And so, uh, but, uh, but at the same time, so much of the problems that we face in society. Um, see, I was visiting with Pastor Aaron. We, we support um, Jaira House with the, with the, the uh, women's, um, man, it, it's, it's a women's and children's shelter that, that they're running. And, and I know Jim Shook, one of our elders, he was sharing with me just even how his, his uh, small group ministry you know, has really chosen them to, to invest and, and they're, they're full to the max. They're turning women away. Um, it's, uh, it breaks Pastor Aaron's heart in that. And, um, and, but, I, but, I, but I told him, I said, I said Pastor Aaron, because I've been on him for years to get a men's movement happening. You know, we've got a men's movement happening at the Life Church. We got, I believe it's like 15 men that are in the process right now moving towards their commissioning uh, that will take place. Come on. <laughs> I got some excited men over here. And we've had through the years many, many that have come through that process. And I told Pastor Aaron, I said, you got all those women and children, and thank God you're on the, on the backside of that, ministering and caring for them because you can't avoid and, and, and ignore the, that need. But I said, you got to get ahead of it. I was like, Pastor, you got to start a men's movement in your church. <laughs> Because if the men, if you don't fix the men, you're always going to have this other problem. Come on. Fatherlessness, listen. You know, mamas stick around for the most part. But this thing, we've got to deal with this. Malachi says where there is fatherlessness, there is a curse. 
And so we, we, we need some men to step up. If you're here, you're becoming a part of this church, you need to know that, that we are looking for real men, real manhood. We're going to look at one today. His name is Jesus, <laughs> and he was a real man. I, I get so put out with some of the modern-day gospel and the junk that's out there uh, floating around, and they keep trying to make Jesus this softy. Come on, well, he's kind. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's love. So if love, you know, I'm telling you. See, I, I had a conversation with somebody recently, you know, because we have schools, and we've got to, uh, unfortunately, defend our schools even more so. Uh, even look what just happened in Nashville, in the culture in which we live. And, uh, and so, you know, somebody's asked me about that, you know, of uh, you know, with law enforcement, with military, with, you know, defending, you know, would, why would you hurt someone? Listen, if they're coming to end our building, into our facility to hurt our babies, I, I, I may love them, but we'll, we'll care for them after the fact. Because <laughs> I love, I love our, our babies. I love this church. That's why if you look around, we, we have a security team. We have law enforcement. We have people that are engaged in this for your protection. And it may make some nervous. Listen, we're not, if, you, if you've got a, a sketchy past, don't worry about it. Come on in. <laughs> Jesus loves you. We love you. And uh, they're not here to, to arrest you because you showed up at church. <laughs> They're glad you showed up at church. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's go into this message. It's all, it's all going to be good. Amen. This is Passion Week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for what you're working to do and to accomplish in our hearts and our lives. And, and Father, we just thank you for, for just the, the already the amazing ministry that has taken place here up to this point in our service, and yet, God, we just want to open our hearts to fully receive the full measure of all that you have for us. Let your word just come alive and breathe on it and cause it to be revelation, knowledge, and truth. Cause me to speak as an oracle of God, Father, with prophetic utterance, and Lord, to be, that my words would be your words, and your words my words, Father, today, and that you would seal this in our hearts. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You know, when we look at Passion Week, a year ago, we were talking some, uh, among some of us, we were, we were, a year ago, this time, we were in Israel. And that trip had been planned for, I guess, a couple of years. I may say COVID. And it, and it, and it just kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed. And um, with, with a, um, Still a lot of protocols in place and a lot of stuff that was there. We, we, we took that trip and were able to finally go. And, uh, and we were there on the Mount of Olives that morning. You know, this is, this is Palm Sunday. And, and we were there when the nations of the world had gathered up. And they formed big, big groups and they've got their instruments, and they've got their singers, and they all got their palm branches. And starting up at the top of the Mount of Olives, they, they, they start that big procession coming down. And it's a, 
it's a big parade. I mean, we had the rodeo parade, but I'm talking they got a, a praising Jesus parade. <laughs> and it's full on. And every tongue, every voice uh, of all the different languages of nations are coming down. That, that path as they, as they wind down, going down into the valley and, and up into Jerusalem, and they are singing praises to God. That's the picture of what's going on right now. It's Passion Week. But, you know, when you read this story, it was, you know, because I think that if we're not careful, we'll look at specific parts of the story and we focus on them. We'll focus on that it's about praise, or we'll focus on that it's about prayer, or we'll focus on, on different, different things rather than what was Jesus really speaking to, what was really going on. So I, 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 because I believe it was about passion for purpose. Come on, how many of you want a passion for purpose? See, if you don't have a passion for, the, for, the, for God's purpose, and, and that's big around here. You'll, you'll just hear that, that one of our, our major sayings is that we are connecting people to God's purpose. We want to focus on that. Is what is God speaking? What is he saying? What is he doing? What does he have? Even, even what, what Amy brought this morning, your identity, all of that is about your God-given purpose and the destiny that God has for you. And destiny is not about a destination. It's about a journey of faith. And so, so we're traveling on this journey today, I believe. We're going we're to look at some things. Concerning passion for purpose, I... I uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, of course, we, we've got, you know, the, the, the church and as, as well as the school. And so I, I really uh, operate in, in dual roles and, and um, you know, through the years have had to give a lot of time on the, on the school side. And we have watched the growth of that over 14 years to, to go from a little meager beginnings. You know, when we were a private school 15 years ago, about a half a million dollar budget, and uh, just a handful of employees, um, with um, uh, including pre-K and everybody, about 180 kids that last year to opening the, in year one with over 600 kids. And now we're headed right up close to 4,000 students in five cities. So that's, that's about 540 employees. <laughs> that's a lot of people's. And leading that and working and helping people to understand how to, how to collectively, collectively work together is, is still the age-old problem. You know, Jesus, when you look at the Gospels and what he did, even with that ragtag, you know, team that he, he had that, that was put together, it, 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 I mean, he was, you know, if you look, there was times it looked like he was a referee with a whistle. <laughs> and he was bringing correction and order and, and, and just, and, and, and all the way through, you, you see so much of that. Why? Because we're peoples, right? Come on, we, we, we live in this humanness, and, 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 uh, and we see through a glass darkly, the Bible says, so we're not perfect. We live in an imperfect world. There's a whole lot of stuff that's going on that, that God's trying to work in us and work out of us. It's just part of it, Right? If, listen, if you showed up today and you're looking for a, the perfect church, uh, you found the wrong one. 
A big part of that is because you showed up. <laughs> Come on, we got to laugh a little. It's because all of us are here. Amen? And so, but with this, one of the, one of the newer things that we've done is uh, Patrick Lenanzoni. He's a, he's a, and he's a Christian. He's a, he's a strong believer. But uh, he's written a lot of business books. Uh, some of you may be familiar with the five dysfunctions of a team. You know, and so a lot of business people, a lot of corporations, they, they use his stuff. And one of, the, one of the things that he felt like, he, when he tells his story about this, He's, he believes that it was an absolute revelation from God, a download that happened to him that was beyond human uh, ability of understanding. And he calls this his six working geniuses. Six working geniuses. You can go online, 25 bucks, you can take a test. It takes 10 minutes or less. You can whoop that out. and It'll help you understand your top two areas of how you get work done your two areas that, eh, if, if you're not careful, I mean, you, you, you've lived there too long, you're going to burn out. But uh, you can do them with competency. But then there's two that all of us have that are major frustrations. And it answered, uh, for me, you know, I do what I do. And so, the t you know, it didn't surprise me so much, the, the top two working geniuses when I did the test. And the bottom, though, is, is, uh, is there. And... Um, but, but also, one of the other things that we use is a DISC profile. And so it's for communication purposes. And the DISC, you know, whether, whether you know, you're a, a D, an I, an S, or a C. It, and and that, that one goes into a lot more detail. It's kind of like a Myers and Briggs, and it goes into that. But we have what we call, what is called a PXT. I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but I'm going somewhere in this. And this PXT, once you take those tests and take that test, we can overlay, say, say we're hiring for a principal position. We can take that job description, job duty, and what that looks like, and we can overlay it over their profile, and it will, t it will break it down into three categories on whether or not they're going to be a good fit for that job. Because what we have found is a lot, a lot of them, especially educators, they're smart people, they're lifetime learners. It's like they always go to college. They're always in school. And, and, and they just hang more and more certificates on their wall. <laughs> it's not always a bad thing. But listen, just because you've got a certificate on the wall, that means you're a smart person. That doesn't mean that you fit that job. And so, um, so overlaying it, but it breaks it down into three critical areas. One is your thinking. So do you have the smarts for it, and, and, and does that, is that a fit? And then, it, and, and then the second one is called behavior. Now, the fortunate thing is behavior is learned, and even, even the thinking skills, you can learn more, Right? So you can, you can really adjust and work on those two because behavior, and the, the cool thing is this gives a whole coaching piece based upon your percentages and where you're at in this. But here's what we found. You can, you can score low in your thinking. You can score low in your behavior, and we can work with that. But the third category that is scored is your passion. 
And if you don't have passion for the position, for the purpose, we can't fix that. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And here Jesus, I believe, is speaking in Passion Week very passionately about some key areas. In Luke's, we're going to look at more of uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 19. If you go into the, the other gospels, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they all speak to this in some form or fashion. And a lot of times what you'll find, your gospel writers are going to, going to you know, uh, focus maybe on different aspects of the, the, what was happening in the story. And a lot of that has to do with who they were writing to. You have different gospel writers that, that if you really study this out theologically, it, they, they, they had a certain audience, somebody that they were writing to. And you've got to consider sometimes that and take the full history and the background of that and, and, and so forth. But here is Jesus. We find here in Luke's gospel, chapter 19, and boy, have I got to hurry now. Buckle up, Brother Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I won't read this whole passage for sake of time. But in Luke 19, we know, most of us are familiar with this. You know, Jesus is, is he's, he's headed, and, and you know, there's terminology up to Jerusalem, but it doesn't matter whether you're traveling up or down, it's always up to Jerusalem. And there's something prophetic in that. I don't have time for that. There's a lot of things in this I would love to be able to dive into. There is so many things areas. I almost preached a whole donkey theology message because this donkey speaks to us. <laughs> There's a lot that's in here that we could have focused on, but I'm going to focus on Jesus' passion. What was that? What was, what was coming out of that that was happening here? And so he tells them to go into a village to get, a, get this donkey, a donkey's colt, and, and bring it to him. And, and then, of course, he's going he's gonna to basically mount that and begin to make his way down the, uh, the Mount of Olives. And as he's, as he's, as he's coming down, you'll, you'll see where the crowds start gathering, right? And they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Right? And, and, and here you're going to see, now, again, now Jesus has already stirred up a hornet's nest. If you read before this, man, he has already been kind of pull, doing some things. He raised Lazarus from the dead. The Pharisees are stirred up. They're afraid of him. They're like, man, this is, this is tipping now. Everybody is running after him. He's become, his popularity has increased so much. And they're afraid of that influence. They're afraid of, of what... So they, they not only were find, trying to find a way to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus too. And we shut them both up. And, and so you've got that. Jesus has just told some other stories about accountability. If you want to go, go back before this and read some of that. To whom much is given, much is required. And there's people that pay a price to do certain things. Listen, it's, oh, I, can't, I don't have time to get into all that. Boy, I want to teach this morning. Just listen, don't, don't judge some who, who maybe have more than you do. You don't know what they've paid, what kind of price they've paid, what they have done to be able to, to live that out. The, the, listen, if they're working 80 hours a week or more, 
and, and they, they earn that and get that, you ought to rejoice, especially with a lot of them because we have, we have some individuals, one in particular that I'm just thinking about right now, that, that has built a great business, has worked their tails off, and they still write very large checks to the ministry. And, and here's the thing. I love this. They always write over in the memo, God's money. It's about the mission. You better thank God that we have that. Because we're able to make that kind of ministry happen here and in other places. But in this, it says that, that here they are, they're singing, they're, they're giving him praise. They're, I mean, they got their praise on. Come on. I mean, they, they, are, they are singing, they're shouting. It says that they were loud. Yeah, some of you are afraid of loud. Don't be afraid of loud. Heaven, I think, is probably going to be some loud. Woo! <laughs> and here it says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebu rebuke your disciples. Come on, Rabbi. Why are you letting them call you king? Oh, they're, they're nervous. They're and there's this other whole bunch of this historical stuff that was going on. You just had Pontius Pilate that had just, you know, recently had come in from the, from the other side, you know, with, with uh, all the political aspect. And here's Jesus. It talks about him being lowly, humble. Here he's riding on this, on this donkey's colt. I, would, I almost said something, something else. King James almost came out of me. Or West Texas almost came out. Anyway. <laughs> In our men's group, sometimes I have those jokes, but not for today. All right. We, we could really have some fun right here. But anyway. In this, they're wanting to silence them. Stop this. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately, look at this, the stones would immediately cry out. You know, it's, we, we see this and we focus in on this about praise. But Jesus understood this about prophecy. Praise is just what was, what was happening. But Jesus understand, understood that there was a fulfillment of prophecy. Scriptures that, that were there in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, that were being lived out. And listen, most of those religious leaders, they knew, those, they, they knew the Torah. And they knew that this was prophetically speaking. And they are now even more opposed because Jesus is about to mess up a really good thing that they got going on with Rome. And you'll see this in this story. It'll keep playing out. It's going to keep happening. And so he's, he's really more about this area of what has God said? What is God's fulfillment to his word? That's why you've got to read your Bible. You've got to believe. Number one, you've got to believe in the Bible. And you can't just pick and choose. 
There is another whole movement out there today. I'm just shocked at how many things they want to argue away, try to explain away, even with this passage, you know, where, where well, did, was it really palm leaves, you know, was this? Because, again, this was t- typically something that happens at Sukkot. that happens in the fall at the feast, not, not at Passover, not during this time. And yet, it says clearly they went and cut palm leaves to use. They want to try and explain certain things away. Folks, I may not fully understand all aspects of the Bible, but I can tell you I still believe it's the inspired, infallible word of the living God. Now, do we have some understanding of it? Yes. Is Is there translations that maybe didn't get it exactly right? Yes, that, that's why in teaching and in studying, we do what we do with deep dives, with concordances, with going into the original languages and doing all that we can do to be able to uh, extract that and, and produce that and have that as clear as possible. Absolutely. Does Scripture interpret Scripture? Absolutely. You can't take a Scripture out and build a doctrine on it. It doesn't work that way. You have to take a subject matter, and what does all of the Word teach concerning that? Some people are saying, well, I, I, we're just going to only, only trust and, and, uh, and just cling to what Jesus said. Well, you better read your Bible throughout the Old Covenant because Jesus is showing up everywhere. <laughs> He's all over it. Jesus is showing up afterwards. Once the book of Acts comes in, in all the, the birth of the church and church planning and the whole mission of Paul, and people want to somehow despise the writings of Paul and try to, try to write him off, well, you know, that's not Jesus. No, but he was directly under his authority. He, was, he, had, he had spent those years away in obscurity just like Jesus did. He had downloads of revelation. He took that back to the elders and the leaders at Jerusalem. He submitted himself, submitted his doctrine. They stamped approval on it, and he went out from there to be able to preach. He, didn't, he wasn't some lone ranger. He was still submitted under authority, and he kept it in check. And even as you continue to follow through Paul's life, you see where there's growth and maturity happening. That's the good balance of this. But you've got to embrace the Word of God with a passion. You've got to embrace the prophetic Word. And there are things that are happening and coming on the scene that I think we better be aware of. The second part of this is not only this, this passionate prophetic word that that I believe was was happening there but it says here look at this look at this because here's this place where there is this exuberant praise that's happening and then all of a sudden it shifts into this other deep place of emotion where it says he saw the city and wept over it saying if you had known even you especially in this your Listen, your day, the things that make for peace, the things that make for peace. So he's addressing something here, and he's weeping over this city. Why? 
it, he goes on to talk very clearly about it. If you, if you skip with me real quick, because you, you can go back and read some of this. And he talks about these enemies. He talks about what's going on. But, but on down here, he, he says, then he, then he um, it says that uh, enemies will embark, em, embankment around you, uh, surround you, close on every side and level, and, and uh, your children with, within you. To, listen. I mean, he's talking about the destruction of what would come, what would happen to Jerusalem and to the temple. And then it says, and not one stone will be left upon another. Look at this. Here, this is so powerful. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You didn't know your time. There is, there is this passionate pursuit that Jesus is after in every one of our hearts. And if, we've, if we lose sight and we lose focus and it becomes about us and it's not about the mission, if it becomes about, about just, um, and, and believe me, guys, I, I have just, I just really felt like that I've gone through some of that, you know, uh, in my own heart. You know, Joanne and I feeling like that we were supposed to move back, you know, to San Angelo, we were happy in Arlington when the Metroplex, and we were seeing, we, we had launched Cedar Hill. We grew the school by over 20%. The church is, was growing and being, uh, uh, you know, becoming that church plant that it should be there in Arlington. We were having influence with some other pastors and leaders, and, and uh, you know, th things were not bad to move back. Things were good. And it's like, God, and and so we're, we're talking about it because I'm feeling like I've got this word. And it's about moving back to San Angelo. You know, there's an old saying around here. If, you ever move, if you're from here and you ever move away, guess what? <laughs> you come back. <laughs> and I ended up, move, we ended up moving back. And I was thinking of different things, you know, especially the new grandbaby. Oh, Yeah. Hey, I got, I got pictures. Somebody needs some pictures. You know, and that, that, you know, that pull on you, especially Nana. <laughs> and so we were thinking about some different things, and man, I, we, I had no idea, you know, that, that Raymond Mesa, who is a great leader, you know, here in our community, but he was president of our school board, and and that, that he was going to have that massive heart attack and suffer. And he is coming along, folks. I visited this week. He is still progressing. Every time I go over there, it, he is a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. But in that, I didn't know that was going to happen. And some other things, some other movement, you know, that was going on. We feel like we're called, we're, we're supposed to see a church plan in Abilene. And things have just started. As I just, I barely spoke that out in January, and it's like, man, it's created a chain reaction. And it's the only school in, in a city that we have that doesn't have any kind of church support behind it, of volunteers, of serving. You know, they're separate, separate organizations. And I, and, I, and I just, I, I felt like, wow, if I hadn't have been really cautious, I could miss the opportunity that God was going to give me. 
because I was, my, my mind in the natural was tracking someplace else. And for me, this has refired me up with such passion to pursue everything that God has. Now, it's reworked some things, and that's okay. You know, Pastor David Bonet just got back from India. We sent him to India. Pastor David Taylor is in the Philippines. We've sent him to the Philippines, and he'll be returning. There's going to be some great stories come out of that. And again, does my heart, do I, would I love to go and, and be there and, and uh, be a part of it? Absolutely. But you know what? I know where God has called me and what he's called me to and giving myself to that. But even with that, I had to readjust. Sometimes you need to recognize there's times that, that if we're not careful in our lives, we can have some mission drift. We can have that personally, and we can sometimes wane in our passion. But I believe this morning God's wanting to fire that passion back up because there's nothing like being in the will of God. And then the last one, you'll see this at work. I wish I could spend more time in there. The last one was, it says that he goes into the temple. Now, again, this is one of those manhood Jesus. Stop trying to make him up. Anyway. <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> He's a real man. So I'm like, well, he must, you know, uh, some, some believe that he was just uh, it, 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 that he, he didn't really whip him. That he just used his talit. Bad boys. No. Read the Bible. It says that before he went, I mean, and it shows how angry he got. I mean, he walks up to that fig tree, and there ain't no fruit on that. And prophetically, there was a meaning in this, and he cursed that sucker from the roots. It dried up. dead what happened he's he mad so that so he'd been over there he saw what was going on he comes back across there he stays the night outside but he curses that fig tree the next morning they're headed back over and peter's like Woo, jesus did you see that well he ain't done yet he shows up over there because while he was there that night it says he made a whip what was he doing Oh, he's the meek. He's, he's meek. But meekness ain't weak, folks. He's over there with a strength. He's over there. He's he putting a plan in place. I'm about to, yeah, kick and take names. <laughs> and he, he is angered with righteous anger. And he goes in there in the temple where they're selling. Now, you've got to understand, when, where Jesus was coming down, this was the, the, the day on Palm Sunday, a week out from Passover to where, or the week of Passover as they're going into it, where it's the day of the selection of the lamb. So the families are getting ready for Passover and they're, they're, they're focused on selecting the lamb that they will celebrate Passover with. And here Jesus is offering himself. They don't, they don't realize what's going on. But here's the, here's the reality. These guys set up over there in the temple. These Sadducees, these Pharisees, they had built a political system. 
in partnership with Rome to have blessing. And here they are. Listen, they're raising the sacrifices. They're selling the sacrifices. Come on, they had, they had a whole thing going. And Jesus goes in there. And he drives them out, flips over tables. I mean, he is, he's whooping them. And in this place, it says, it said, he said to them saying, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. See, it wasn't so much about prayer. It was about the injustice about they, they had lost sight of living their life by principle. And morally, this can happen to any of us if we're not careful in our in different areas. We need to make sure that we are aligned to the will of God, to the purposes of God, and living out of that passion for His purpose for our lives. And so He hits them, bam, head on of you guys because listen we, we've got a, we got a world that this is going on America this is going on we have a politicized system right now that it is scary what's happening and I think it's been happening for a long time we're just seeing it in its full magnitude and there's probably a lot, lot more that's liable to blow up here and when I look at my granddaughter, my granddaughters, my future generations, our church, and what, what we've been able to do. Listen, I heard recent statistics still, most all the money for missions is still coming out of the U.S. You don't think that the devil hates that? That the devil wants to destroy that? The devil wants to stop that? Oh, you better believe he does. And the sad part is from this moment, Jesus, he, he still was teaching, but it said they sought to destroy him. They went after him with everything they had. They played right into the prophetic plan of God because what God was going to deal with sometimes we don't know the whole story. it hadn't fully played out yet but God's got things in place but in our lives are we connected with such passion for God's purpose is, is our lives has our lives really bought into everything that God because listen there's a lot in this world that wants to distract us there's a lot of shiny objects there's a lot of stuff that's going on that's out there. And there's some real evil people. I'll, I'll never forget, I had, we had just won the charter for the, to start the charter school. And I had a, a charter leader that had a large organization. He calls me up. And he said, well, pastor, welcome to politics. I'm like, politics? I hate politics. <laughs> what do you mean politics? He's, I said, I'm not involved in politics. And he said, you, you now have a charter school. You have now stepped into the political arena. There will be those that absolutely will hate you. 
They will be after you. Listen, we've had all kinds of accusations. <laughs> I had one. And it's so stupid what they'll be willing to buy into. I had, I had one of them, you know, that an accusation came that, that, that uh, our charter school with public funds built 11 homes and gave them to church members. Have, have any of y'all gotten a home? I'm like, shouldn't I get one? If, if, if they're giving one away, if they're building, I mean, come on. Shouldn't I be first? And it's so stupid. And they believe that crud. And then we have to spend all of our time, resources, money. I mean, it, it was enough documentation to choke a horse that, that would prove somehow that we didn't do this. And we've just had that. Listen, I know what that what that devil looks like. And sometimes it's it's bad apples. And we got a lot of bad apples going on right now. There's a lot of stuff that's happening at every level, federal, state, even local. There's some stuff that's there. Listen, I served 15 years as a chaplain with the police department. I I if anybody needs Jesus, it's law enforcement. <laughs> Come on. I'm pro-law enforcement, too. I had a, a retired DA tell me one time, he, he, he's like, you still a chaplain? I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm no longer willing. He's like, man. It's like, law enforcement, they're the biggest sinners out there. They need Jesus. <laughs> what is that? Well, listen. You know, if you're a carpenter, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> right? And we got to pray for our law enforcement. What, what they're facing today is, oh, man, I hate to think of what they're facing. But listen, the, the cynicism, not everybody is evil. Now, do peop, are people imperfect? Yes. Do people make mistakes? Yes. But not everybody's evil. And when you have sometimes that cynical thing that gets down in the culture of something, then all of a sudden the way they go after it is terrible. We've got to lift them up in prayer. My house, he said, should be a house of prayer. That's why Paul admonishes for all those in authority. We need to be praying for them. This is, this is part of our passion of what should be happening this is one part of it. Man, Jesus didn't back off. You know what I, I love about him? He is so bold. And there's just been so many times that I've just shied away from certain things. Come on, how many of you feel like you need to shy away from, especially in the environment and the culture of today? If you say the wrong thing, you, you could get... Uh, in trouble on social media. Right? You can get canceled. Right? But listen, we, we can't shy away. We've got to make sure that we're still doing what God's called us to do. And ultimately, each one of us are going to stand before him and give an account for what we've done in this life. 
I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I am passionate about his purpose and doing everything I can to fulfill that. And I thank God that so many of us that are here, if not all of us and many by life, that we are joined together in serving God's purpose. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going we're gonna to close out in worship. And I'm just believing, man, I'm telling you, Amy did such a great job already just ministering to so many hearts about identity and knowing who you are in Christ. And if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the first step to say yes to Jesus. To say, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm making my Lord and Savior. To fully surrender your life to Him. It's so vital. So important. Right here as we close out, if you have waned, if somehow, this, because listen, we're headed into Easter. We're going to be worshiping, praising, thanking Him for resurrection and all those wonderful things that will happen. But in this week, there is a, there, it's a week of suffering. But at the same time, it's interesting that they titled this day and this passage, Jesus' Triumphal Entry. Sometimes in the midst of the hardest, most difficult times in my life, I've been able to get my praise on. I've been able to draw closer to Him. I've been able to allow Him to adjust things in my life. I've been able to move into deeper places of prayer. Exactly what I talked about this morning. Where you're at in life, if you need to make some course adjustments and some things in your heart, do it. Do it. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time as we just move into worship. God, we thank you for just gracing each one of us with the ability to open ourselves fully up to you and allow you to be Lord, Master, Savior, and to ignite that passion within us to serve you with everything we have. In Jesus' name, amen.